Hi, it's Tiffany. I'm Katie. We just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners who have taken the time to give us a little bit of a Christmas gift this year so that we can keep the show going into the new year. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. Yeah, thanks so much. I can't tell you how big of a compliment it is to us when we not only get your notes, but we get your financial donations as well. So good to have you in your corner. And I just want to thank the people who have already stepped up to donate to try to keep the show going in 2018. That's John, Terry, Michael, Jess, Yuri, Kristen, James, Amy, Lynn, Drek, Nick, and Lindsay. Thank you guys so much for donating to the show and to keep it going. Thank you so much. And it's not too late if you haven't donated, but you really, really love the show. This is a great way to get yourself on our radar and to keep the show going into the future. And I will also mention that all of those people I just named, they have a handwritten thank you note in the mail flying their way toward them right now. So wow, that could be you. Just visit thebittersweetlife.net and click on the donate button. We can't do it without you. Thank you so much. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Merry hey, Christmas, Merry Christmas, Katie. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Buona feste. Right? Happy Hanukkah. I know. Look, here we are. It happened so fast. I know. Christmas upon us at last or already. Already. However you want to look at it. Every year it comes faster. It does. It does. So Tiffany is in Rome and I am in Seattle for the holiday this year. We are actually recording this prior to Christmas Day because I don't know about you, Tiffany, but my mother wants to spend every moment with me while I'm at home. (laughs) Well, I don't blame her. Yes. And so... Well, this might be coming to you on Christmas Day. We are not actually recording this on Christmas Day because that would be rude to um, our family traditions, which are things like eating bacon and scrambled eggs and uh, my mother's cinnamon rolls. Oh, wow. Which is, might be what I'm doing right now, depending on when you're listening to it. Or if you're listening to it later in the day, we might be at a movie after opening presents. Oh, do you guys go to movies, go to the cinema after, uh, on Christmas afternoon? We do. Yeah, oftentimes. Not always. Sometimes it depends on who has come home for Christmas. This year, my one of my sisters who lives in Montana is not coming home for Christmas. So if she were coming home, the dynamic would shift and we would probably do things according to her being there. So, And my nephew, he is also going to be away. So we're a little bit of a smaller Christmas this year. Mm. Yeah. So will that mean we go to a movie or not? Mm, hard to say. But if there's anything good playing there, it stands to reason that we will do that. Or we'll walk to a coffee shop or something because we'll feel like we need to get out of the house after sitting around all morning. I like Christmas walks. My mom used to kind of drag us out of the house to take Christmas walks. And I hated it at the time, but I, looking back, I kind of loved it. But I actually have a very exciting Christmas coming up. I'm super, super excited because for the first time since 2006... So that's over a decade. I'm spending Christmas with my mom. Oh. Yeah. My mom and my stepfather are coming to Rome for Christmas. And I am so excited. Like, I just can't believe it. I can't, I can't describe how excited I am for that. Wow. How did this come about? Well, we kind of 
I guess we'd talked about it a few times, and I think I threw out there once, oh, you guys should come to Rome for Christmas one year. And, you know, we didn't really follow up on it. And then my mom, over the summer, I think, wrote to me and said, what do you think about us coming for Christmas? And I was like, yes, do it. And so they did it, and they're going to be here in a couple days, right before Christmas, they're going to get here. Remind me, because of course I was living over there the year I spent Christmas in Rome. I had already gotten there well before Christmas came about. Is it ridiculously expensive to travel to Rome at Christmas time? Do you know? My mother did tell me that the tickets were kind of crazy expensive. I don't know if she had gotten them way earlier, if she'd gotten a better deal, or if she'd waited to the last minute. Probably not last minute, but she did say, I can't remember the price, but it was something that was kind of outrageous. So yeah, it's pretty expensive. But, um, you know, I guess she figured we haven't spent Christmas together for so long and why not? So they're coming. I'm going to try to incorporate some of our old family traditions. And Claudio and I and Aurelio are making new Christmas traditions, which I think is one of the best things about Christmas are just the traditions in general, whether they're old traditions or new traditions. I think it's important because when you become an adult, those things, they stay with you. They mean something to you. I want to convey traditions to my son that he'll then hopefully remember fondly, just like my parents did for me. I know that you and Derek have your own traditions as well around holidays in general, but particularly Christmas, if I remember correctly. Well, we just did one of our traditions last night, which sounds like a dumb tradition, but it's actually one of my favorite parts of the holiday season. We watch, I think the 1993 or 1994, I can't remember exactly what year, History Channel's Christmas Unwrapped special. I think I watched that one year because you told me to watch it. Yes. And in that special, actually, they say something about how in some ways we are defined by the way that we celebrate Christmas, that whatever your traditions are, whatever your family has always done, tells you something about what your origin story actually is. For me, Christmas without stockings is not Christmas. I, of course, am the only one who fills people's stockings in this family, so it's kind of depressing. My stocking never gets filled. Aww. <laughs> but that is payback for all the years that my mother was filling our stockings, and we never... I think my sister at 16 or 17 years old was finally like, hey, should we like put stuff in mom's stocking. We'd never thought of it before. And I was like, hmm, good idea. <laughs> so it's payback time for me. What kind of stuff was in your stocking growing up? Um, my mom was the best stocking stuffer on the planet. She didn't put candy and cheap trinkets in there. I mean, I can remember more, you know, my later childhood years, like high school age, but like she'd put like lipstick, face cream, little things that were not necessarily expensive, but were also not cheap garbage, stuff that you wanted. The one thing I loved about my mom in the Christmas giving arena was she would wrap every single item that was in the stocking. And a lot of people don't go that extra mile. You know, they're like, well, it's in the stocking anyway. It doesn't need to be wrapped. But oh no, my mother would wrap every single thing. <laughs> and I loved that. My mother did the same thing. The same thing. <laughs> and it would be a mix of things like gum. Yeah, I think I definitely got gum. Just you saying that reminded me. Do you remember that pink gum that had the, like the little comic strip around it? Yeah, bazooka. Oh my gosh, I just had a flashback when you said that. 
because she totally would give us the five pack of the bazooka gum. Love that. Yeah, my mother also did all the individual wrapping. And usually when we were kids would strive to have some sort of little stuffed creature poking out of the top. Not a live one, I hope. No, never a live <laughs> one. <laughs> How could she guarantee it would be there in the morning? True. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, as we got older, one of the embarrassing or really pleasurable things about knowing me and my sisters is that we, we all three of us really like reading Archie comics. So as we got older, there'd be an Archie comic book sticking out of the top of the stocking. Oh, I see. I always had a, a mandarin orange sticking out of the top. Yes. Classic. It's, cla- it's a classic. You know, Aurelio, when it was his first Christmas two years ago, and he was only four months old, I filled his stocking. I mean, he had no idea <laughs> at that age what was going on. But I filled his stocking and I put a mandarin orange on the top. Now, he was not eating solids yet at that age. <laughs> I just, it was such a strong impulse in me that I had to stick the orange in the top. Another family tradition that I, a Christmas tradition that I have revived this year is I ordered a book, which is not available in Italy. I had to order it off of the American Amazon site and have it brought to me by a friend who was in the States at the time, um, was I ordered a book that I used to read every Christmas as a child called The Sweet Smell of Christmas. It's from around 1970 that it was written. It's a picture book and it's a scratch and sniff picture book. It's like a little story of a little bear like leading up to Christmas and it's got all of the classic smells of Christmas because Christmas has particular scents and you know so it's got the gingerbread cookie and the candy cane and the mandarin orange sticking out of the stocking and the hot cocoa evergreen the pine tree exactly and it's so great so I've been reading it with Aurelio not every night but you know every couple of nights I think I enjoy it way more than he does because I'm like oh my god it's like stepping back in time like the smell of the the artificial perfume that they use to make it smell like apple pie or whatever. I totally, you know how your scent memories are the strongest memories or they connect to your strongest memories. Reading that book the first time, oh my God, it just sent me straight back to my childhood. I actually know exactly what book you're talking about because I also had it during oh, yeah. my childhood. Oh my God. I did not know that that's what it was called. Well, neither did I. I like searched for it. I like put in a bunch of keywords and I was like, that's it. I recognize the cover. Oh, that's great. We used to always read the best Christmas pageant ever. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, it's so funny. So when you moved, and I don't know if we've talked about this on a prior holiday episode, but when you moved to Rome, how long would you say it took you to actually create like some sort of tradition and rhythm to Christmas in a new country? You know, um, do you mean like surrounding the Christmas season or specifically Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? Yeah, I mean, more like specifically the, the things that you would do on that day. I remember um, from when I was there that, you know, a lot of the things that we do in a traditional Christmas in America were not things that people in Italy did. And the most basic one being that a lot of people don't have a Christmas tree over there. That's really changing, though. It's really, really changing. I would say even in the past, since I've been here, I feel like most people have Christmas trees now, at least most people who are not, let's say, students, you know, living in dorms and stuff. 
Not that there are a lot of those, <laughs> but you know what I mean? People who are like have families and stuff, especially if there are kids. I think they most of them have Christmas trees now, but I do know what you mean. The first year I was in Rome, I did celebrate Christmas in Rome, which is the most horrible Christmas of my life. I won't go into why. <laughs> why? <laughs> Please go into why. Oh, it's not. A, well, I mean, it's kind of obvious. I hadn't didn't have a lot of friends. And so I spent Christmas Eve with a bunch of people that I knew like sort of not at all well and it was just you know it just wasn't didn't feel special at all because I barely knew these people they were all expats of course and then I spent Christmas day with my Italian relatives who I've talked about before the ones that you liked but don't like right well by that point I already didn't like them not because (laughs) I mean because of what they did they were I'm not going to go into it but anyway they were not nice to me but let's just say it was horrible. It was absolutely miserable. The, the mom made me feel bad because I don't think she wanted me there. So that was a bad Christmas. That was 2004. 2005, honestly, I can't remember. I think I had a friend who was in Rome at the time, and so it wasn't really a typical Christmas. And the next two years, I didn't spend in Rome. I spent them back in the States. And so those first few years in Rome were definitely not typical Christmas experiences, not what I would consider anything close to my traditions. It wasn't until I met Claudio in 2008, I mean, that I really started spending every Christmas here in Rome. And we started slowly developing our own traditions, decorating and having the tree and stuff. But it's really, really, especially I think since I had Aurelio, because like I was saying, when you have a kid, that's when you, when those traditions, I think really kick in and you want to share the experiences that you had when you were little with them and try to recreate it and all and also kind of selfishly relive those experiences through them right yeah definitely I was just thinking while you were talking about that with you know those early years when you're first living in a new country that Christmas is miserable and I kind of felt the same way when I lived there and because I've been moving around so much this fall in particular I have that sense leading into Christmas that I'm missing it. I'm too much on the move. I, I'm displaced. I'm not living amongst my stuff. Of course, we'll be playing this on Christmas Day, but in the approach to Christmas, it was approaching really fast. I felt like I hadn't really done anything that I would normally do to sort of mentally prepare for it. And as a result, regardless of what happens on the actual day, I feel like in some ways I'll feel like I missed it. I missed the opportunity to really enjoy Christmas. And there's something about when you miss it too that, and I know some people hate it, but you miss it. And then it's a whole nother year before that kind of possibility for the Christmas wonder and magic can come back around again. So it's almost like you didn't get that one respite of charm and imagination that sometimes, sometimes Christmas can give you. Well, I was just going to say, before you put in that last line, I was going to say, well, the good thing is, you know, even if you miss it, you know, Christmas does come every year. <laughs> I know. I know. But maybe it's like a time, though, that when, at least for me, when um, it has a slightly more magical quality to it, at least the days around, right around Christmas. Well, here's the thing about Christmas, and I know you know this because you love your history of Christmas specials, but <laughs> Christmas... It's a tradition. Yeah, I love it. But I love studying the, the, the traditions behind a lot of holidays. I find it fascinating. But as you know, Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Christ at a time of year that he was not born, because I think they've proven that he was not born in winter, because the shepherds would not have been out 
watching their sheep, watching their flocks or whatever, as it says in the Bible, because they wouldn't have been out at that time of year. But we celebrate it at that time because of the the solstice celebrations that happened at that time. And I read somewhere that every tradition, every ancient tradition had an important midwinter celebration because you had to have that in order to get through the darkness of winter. It was like the only thing that like kind of gave people the will to get through that season. So I don't think it's any surprise that you would feel the need for that magic and that light, the light of Christmas that comes in the middle of that dark winter. Yeah, yeah. And I can tell you just because I just watched my history special that way back early, early times when it was super cold, that oftentimes in those celebrations, people would get to eat a lot of meat when they didn't usually get to eat a lot of meat because they would slaughter a bunch of the cattle because the cattle wouldn't make it through the winter. They didn't have the ability to keep them alive. So they would slaughter all this meat and then everybody would just go meat crazy and (laughs) celebrate with this huge feast that most of the year they they wouldn't be able to do. Rome, of course, being the center of that. Living in New Orleans, I've thought about that a lot because in early times in a lot of those solstice celebrations before Christ becomes involved, it's so much more raucous of a holiday. And they often liken it to being at Mardi Gras or something like that, that it's much more of this like parading, debaucherous affair. Right. Just one last thing, and then we can stop talking about what we learned on Christmas specials. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a riveting episode. I remember reading that in in the 1600s or 1700s America, the Puritans outlawed Christmas because they said it was too... It was too raucous. It was too, you know, it wasn't proper, which is makes me laugh because all of the evangelical Christians and, and others who say, you know, the war on Christmas, nobody wants to celebrate Christmas. And I want to think, do you know your history that it was the, it was the Puritans who didn't even want to celebrate Christmas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my people, we don't want to have too good of a time. <laughs> um. <laughs> what are some of the family traditions that you remember most from when you were growing up? We always had a tradition that you had to open the presents one at a time. I like that. Yeah, where and it went youngest to oldest. And I was usually the youngest unless the cousins were over or something. But I remember one year my cousins were visiting us at Christmas time. And while we always opened gifts one at a time, and that included the stockings. Oh, wow. So with the stockings, we would, me and my two sisters would go into my parents' room and we'd go around opening things one at a time. And my cousins, on the other hand, did not have that tradition. And they rushed into the living room where their stockings were and just had it all shredded and ripped apart in no time flat. And I remember thinking, you barbarians. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, Christmas is already over for you. And for us, we have the opposite problem where in certain years, my dad has been like, okay, can we... Pick it up. Move this yeah. along because we've been opening presents for like four hours now, <laughs> you know, and we're like, ooh, what is that? Crest whitening toothpaste? Wow, <laughs> that's really great. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> from I, I love it because it's, you know, the whole purpose Sorry. is to <laughs> enjoy uh, that this person bought you these things and to look at how great whatever they bought you was. But But at times it goes a little long. As I grew older and started giving presents and not just receiving them, you really do start to like get 
more pleasure out of seeing the person open your present than opening it yourself. Definitely. Yeah. I'm like once all the presents that I bought are given out and everybody's opened my stuff, I do find it less interesting. You? What about you? What are you hoping to revive with your mother coming? I definitely want to have a, a nice Christmas brunch on the morning of Christmas Day, which we did last year with my in-laws. And we opened presents at my house because I've, I've decided that now that I have a kid, unless we're out of town for Christmas, we're doing Christmas morning and presents at our house. You know, we're not going to be going over there and opening presents over there. This is Aurelio's house and this is where Santa comes for him. So I want to make sure that that you know, that he has that. Uh, so I always said, everyone, if you want to open presents with us, you got to come over to our house. And uh, so we did have a brunch, but it was, uh, I think, you know, my mom has a way of making an occasion out of things. And I think I kind of get that from her, but I'm not maybe quite as good at it as she is. I just remember like drinking mimosas on Christmas morning, things like that, a little extravagance. So I think that that'll be fun. And and she's a really good cook, so she'll probably whip up some like amazing cheese souffle for breakfast or something. And yeah, one of the traditions that I've started is a tradition for a lot of families. It wasn't a tra- tradition in our family, but I like it, so I, I added it. On Christmas Eve, the children all get a new pair of pajamas, and they wear those pajamas that night. So I've started doing that. We have our Advent calendar. That's one that we always had when we were kids. So, you know, Aurelio has his little advent calendar and it's like a a tragedy every morning because he wants to open all the windows and I only let him open (laughs) one. And, you know, I just, I just love having Christmas music playing. I mean, I'm a big, I'm like you, I'm all, I love the Christmas stuff. Although one year I did skip it and I can't remember when or why, but it was, I just couldn't deal. Like I was like, I don't want to buy presents for anyone. I don't want to celebrate it. Like, yes. Christmas Day will come and we'll go over to your parents' house and we'll have the meal and all of that. Okay, but that's it. Like, I don't want... I For some reason, I just couldn't deal with it. It's only happened to me that one year. And I can't remember if something else was going on that year. Well, I do find that the older I get, the less I'm interested in the shopping aspects of things. So part of me wishes that you could do all of the traditions without actually having to go buy anything for anybody. And I think uh, that's also a part of you know, me of having people say, well, what, what would you like me to get you for Christmas? And I'm like, I don't know. You just sort of get to a point where you don't need much of anything anymore. Yeah. And yeah, I always need clothes. I always need shoes. But like, unless I'm going to go shopping with that person, I don't necessarily want them to go strike in the dark and hope for the best. Yeah. Pick out some (laughs) shoes for you. (laughs) I don't like shopping, but I do like finding things for people and being like oh this is the this person would love that you know and just I really hate not knowing what to get someone and feeling like oh my god here I am scouring the city trying to find something that this person will like and they're doing the same for me and probably she won't like what I get her and I won't like what she gets me it's kind of like what is the point of all of this that I think that was what I was what was going through my head the year I was like let's skip this because I don't have the money to spend and I don't want you wasting your money so just like enough <laughs> but on the other hand like I love seeing presents around the tree and I love like like I was saying like seeing people open the presents that I got them so mm-hmm. um can go both ways for me are you feeling at all since you've been moving around so much like disjointed at all like you you don't have your own tree this year and your 
you know, hearth to hang stockings on and you feeling a little bit unanchored? Very much so. Yes. Yep. Very much so. There's little things that are around. We have like some little minor Christmas decorations that were easy to transport that are sitting about. So it's not that there's completely no Christmas. There are a, a few little tiny artifacts that used to be in my normal life, in my normal home that I've put out. So it looks slightly Christmassy, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like it doesn't exist. There's a dish sitting out that has Mary and the baby on it that I found somewhere and a ceramic reindeer <laughs> and a couple of the books that I try to read every year. But yeah, in general, it is exactly like I said, Christmas is missing. I wonder how many people feel that way that are listening to that right now. Well, I bet you a lot of expats feel that way, especially expats who live in non-Christian, quote unquote, countries, you know, where it's not really that celebrated. Like, you know, expats who maybe are living in the Middle East or in other parts of the world. I wonder if, I imagine that it must be hard, especially if you're used to like, you know, seeing, you know, when you're in America, you just, you can't escape Christmas. It's everywhere you look. The Christmas music is playing from Black Friday onward in the stores, in the coffee shops. It's just everywhere. And the Christmas decorations on the houses, in the shops, it's like you're inundated. And in Italy already, it's so much less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're downtown, if you're on the shopping streets, there are Christmas lights up. But it's not like a syringe full of just like pure Christmas joy that they've like shoving into your veins. You know? <laughs> it's, it's much more subtle. It's sort of like you can go there, but you don't have to go there. In America, you cannot escape it. And then there are countries in which, I mean, I don't know, but I imagine there are places where it's just, it's very, very minor, just maybe small enclaves. Or it's extremely tacky. Have you been to very many other countries around Christmas time beyond Italy? Um, I've been, not very many. I've been to London at Christmas time, which was great, beautiful. I've also been to Vienna, uh, which was wonderful. Not only were the decorations amazing, but, um, you know, in Germany and in Austria and in Northern Italy as well, and probably Switzerland. Actually, I have been to Switzerland around Christmas time, now that I think about it. They have these Christmas markets. They're always in front of a big church or in front of the Rathaus, you know, in front of the, like the, the big state house. And they have hot wine and they have lots of little booths set up with homemade Christmas ornaments and homemade cookies. And I think it's a wonderful, warm, just to me, that's Christmas. Like, in fact, I just would love to go to the north of Italy or to Germany just for a couple of days in December, just to get a little bit of that really warm, old-fashioned, traditional Christmas infused. But I have never, that I remember, traveled anywhere outside of Europe or North America. When I was a little girl, 10 years old, we spent one Christmas on a cruise in the Caribbean. Wow. Yeah. Um, Only cruise I've ever been on. And so that year, yeah, well, I mean, on the cruise ship, of course, they decorated for Christmas. But just being in a hot place at Christmas time is, is like weird, <laughs> if you're from the Northern Hemisphere anyway. But no, I've never been to anywhere like India at Christmas time. So I don't know. You? 
I've been to Vietnam after Christmas, but before New Year's. Mm-hmm. So it's still kind of Christmas around. And this is going to sound really mean, but I found that the way that they did Christmas to be so tacky that I decided I never wanted to be in that country again during that holiday. In what way? It is a warm place, but it just felt like all of their decorations were so over the top and, and like so full of snowmen and stuff. There's no snowmen down here, you know, or like Christmas trees built out of Heineken bottles and <laughs> all sorts of plastic things that you can stick to windows. It just oh felt clashy upon clashy upon clashy you know <laughs> and not to insult our vietnamese listeners who love the clashy christmas um it's just not my personal aesthetic and so i found it to be way 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 too much and you know that's where the tastefulness that my mother has is in me is that you want things to be a little bit more tasteful not over the I top agree. christmas just sprayed everywhere <laughs> uh, and that's how it felt there as far as the year I lived in Italy, and we should end soon, I felt more Christmassy in November when we went to Prague and they were doing those outdoor with the hot wine and it was super cold. The Christmas market. Yeah, and it was really cold and it just felt more Christmassy there than I think it ever did in Rome, to be honest. Rome doesn't, just never quite gets all the way there. And I don't know if that's because they don't decorate enough or because it's not cold enough, because it doesn't snow. I'm not sure what it is, but it never really, it doesn't get that, you know, Northern European or Central European, oh, it's cold out, let's put on mittens and go to the Christmas market and have some mulled wine and some gingerbread, you know. It just doesn't quite get there. But there are a few Italian Christmas traditions that I have grown to love, and one of them is the Zampognare, which are bagpipers, but not like the Scottish bagpipers that you would think of, more or less the same instrument, but they're very sort of rudimentary instruments that people who live in the mountainous regions of rural Italy would make themselves out of animal hides and wood. They would make these little bagpipe type instruments but they're not nearly as loud as bagpipes like the Scottish bagpipes I have to be honest I kind of hate Scottish bagpipes <laughs> it's just so loud I just can't take it but this is a very similar thing and these people they're usually very poor I mean this is the tradition and but it's it's really still kept up but very very minorly now I mean there's hardly been hardly any people who do it but these mountain people will go down into, you know, the more populated areas, into the villages and maybe even as far as the cities, and they will play their music. They will walk down up and down the streets playing music and people will give them money. I guess you could think of it as busking, but it's it's a very, very well respected tradition here. And people invite them into their homes sometimes and will give them, you know, coffee or sweets. But they always will people always will give them money. Italians are not very generous as far as giving money on the street because they're very wary of gypsies and other people who might be not what they're pretending to be. But there's a big exception for the Zampognari and people always give them money. And whenever I see them, and I don't see them really in this neighborhood, but I used to see them pretty much every year, one or two in Trastevere walking, you know, below my building. And it was just always like, oh, it's just, it's such something so special that I really love that. And I think the other tradition that I love, which is by no means only 
in Italy is the nativity scene, which was invented in Italy. And so people are very serious about their nativity scenes. And I don't go all out like the Italians do. Like some of the people have like these enormous nativity scenes with huge scenes going on with like, you know, dozens and dozens of people. But I do have my little nativity scene, which I love. But that was something that we always had growing up as well. And I always loved moving the little figurines around. That's the thing that Derek and I were reminiscing about uh, whenever we talk about our Italian Christmas, the year that we were in Italy. The thing that I think we took with us the most is the nativity scene and how important it was there. How in some cases it was... It was the Christmas tree. If the American centerpiece is the Christmas tree, the Italian centerpiece is the nativity scene. And of course, what we really loved that we really took from knowing you and especially from knowing Claudio, that the most important thing in the nativity scene is that the mule and the cow are right on top of the baby. That (laughs) was our favorite thing. It should be like Mary and Joseph. Sure, they can be there. Then the cow and the donkey have to be there and then everybody else can just sort of stand in the background that's fine Mm -hmm. they got to be close we talked about this on our first christmas episode that we ever did and you were like why is that why are they so close why are they so important and i felt the same way you know when i was a little girl they would always be way in the back and then when i started doing it with claudio he's like no 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 they gotta be one year he even put them in front of mary and joseph i was like what are you doing why do the cat i think it's a ox actually katie was like, why did the ox and the donkey get to be so close to jesus it's like they are gotta keep them warm well and, and it's so funny point. because after after he pointed that out that they have to be in the front when you look at a lot of paintings or like medieval art that have to do with the nativity scene he's not wrong like the ox and the donkey are right there and in all of it they are the closest thing in the picture and I had never noticed that before. And of course, yeah, like you said, in, in the United States and in other countries too, there are, you can buy nativity scenes where they're, they're not even present. Like they're not even a part of it. The one that Derek and I use every year does not have a donkey and an ox. Yeah, see, that would be unheard of here. I now, yeah, we just feel the absence of that donkey and ox every year. <laughs> every <laughs> single year. <laughs> so, anyway... Yes, that's what I learned from being an expat. One of the many things. (laughs) So we should leave it there and let everybody get back to their Christmas, whether they be celebrating with friends in high style or walking lonely through the streets alone. We're with you. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) Let's put that a different way. Merry Christmas. Whether you've gone home to celebrate with your family or you're celebrating somewhere new and discovering new traditions. A good point. A good point. Slightly more positive spin. Come on, Katie. Okay. Yeah, I know. But there, there are, I bet there's at least one person listening right now that kind of has that sort of empty ache of being uncomfortable in a place and, you know, really wishing that if any day could be normal in this time of adjustment, they wish it was Christmas time. And I have definitely been there. Yeah. And me too. I'm kind of there this year a little bit. The one difference being that I am home with my parents for Christmas this year. So, and you're going to be with your mother for Christmas this year for the first time in over a decade. Crazy. Yeah. Remember, if you love this show and you want to give a gift to your hosts, 
Visit the donate button at thebittersweetlife.net. You might not want to go shopping and buy us a package. You might not even want to send us a Christmas card. But you can say hello <laughs> with a donation because that is what's going to keep this show going into the next year. And follow us on all of the uh, followable places. We're there at Bittersweet Pod on Twitter. And if you search for The Bittersweet Life at Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, shout out to our great intern. Happy, happy Christmas to Estrella Gomez. Thanks for all the help. Looking forward to working with you in the next year. And uh, cheers to you, Tiffany. Sorry we're not going to get to spend Christmas together, but I've been enjoyed another year, yet another fine year of making this program with you. Oh, thank you. Likewise, Katie. Thank you. It's, a, it's an honor for me to be working with you. Yeah, and, and if you're really bored today, next week we're thinking about doing a thing about resolutions, so feel free to write us and tell us what your holiday resolutions are, and we might talk about them. I love New Year's resolutions, so send me yours. Give me some ideas. Yeah, I don't have any currently, so yes, ideas would be great. Uh, we are at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Anyway, until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. Merry Christmas. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And a happy new year. Join us again. Bye.